podcast on this Sunday evening. Uh, with me tonight, my co-hosts, we have Peter Ray Elson. Good evening, everyone. And John Joe Cosgrove. Hello there, true believers. <laughs> no guests tonight, unfortunately, so you're just going to have to listen to us uh, yabber on about uh, our, our days and general nerdery that's going on. Um and obviously our new segment with our with our little pop quiz that's going on. So I hope you two have got something to... Uh, uh, you've got a character for us to guess later. Yes. Cool. Yes, I, I, too I'll, I'll have a, I too have a character as well for you to, uh, for you to guess and stuff. So not The Expanse, Ooh. Pete, because that's the last two you've done have been from The Expanse. What is wrong with The Expanse? I, Tell there me. is nothing wrong with The Expanse. I love The Thank Expanse. You. But it's just sort of, you know, one, <laughs> I'm really bad with the names for the people. I know their faces. That's I know. not my problem. <laughs> but two, you know, it's, you know, we've had two of them already. Um, yes, three. No, if okay, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So, gentlemen, it is Sunday. The sun is out. Just about. Um, what's everybody up to? What's going on? Oh, I've just been reading a load of Terry Moore comics. And which, you know, complete silence on the both of you, which means you've not read them, but yeah, no. really, really good. So yeah, really, really, tell, tell us about them. Who, Terry Moore. Um, Terry Moore. Um, he writes, I hesitate the word, uh, say, feminist, but it's not, but he does write fe- his female characters incredibly well. Very balanced, um, very realistic. It's not kind of hypersexualized and not, you know, fridged or anything. They are just girls being girls. And yeah, the writing and the representation is just fantastic. And uh, yeah, I mean, I happily lent uh, my daughter Ada um, the first ish, the first uh, uh, volume in Echo, um, which is all about basically what happens if a you know everyday um, woman gets gets uh, gets superpowers the, the superpowered rocket suit. And yeah, so I had no problem giving it because it was just a beautiful representation of women. And yeah, I thought yep. Yeah, is gonna love that, yeah. But and so that was really good. And also just seeing Doctor Strange on Tuesday, and that was just great. Okay, so so we we'll we'll, we'll talk about it. I've not seen it. I'm seeing it on Tuesday. Um, I'm very much looking forward to it. Though TikTok did ruin a part of it for me. And I was scrolling oh. and I was like, "What's this?" And somebody had obviously. That's- got a thing that's the fit. problem social media is just yeah hell yeah any move there's a bit nowadays. of it and i was just like is this and it, you know it's my own fault for not kind of quickly scrolling past but it did ruin a little bit of it for me but hopefully not enough um so you've both seen it yep uh, oh, we're yes. not gonna do we're not gonna do any spoilers because i've not seen it so don't yeah. worry if you haven't seen it and stuff we're not gonna spoil it for you um what is your general vibe about it so we'll start with pete you saw it first uh, i saw it first yeah um i massive fan of the mcu i think i love what they've done i mean they have now a 28 films a 28 film story ongoing that is nothing to be you know no ignored it was a great film i had a lot of fun um, there were a few kind of moments where I was just grinning like a maniac. 
and because like it was just some beautiful lots of shout outs it felt very embedded within the um, the, the wider cinematic universe. it felt like it was a continuation of everything that has gone before i would not say it is flawless by any stretch i think the narrative peaks and troughs rather than a kind of ratcheting tension it it, it there's quite a few moments with a bit of a lull i would also say that um Despite the fact Strange was the title character, Wanda had a much wider and rounder arc throughout the entire film. And I think it's very telling that if you look at some of the posters, it is Wanda at the forefront and not Doctor Strange. Because it's more accurately Wanda Maximoff in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, I also feel that Sam Raimi was the perfect choice for this film. Because it's not a entirely horror film but there are a lot of horror elements in it it is very and like if you remember back in the 1990s um sam Raimi released darkman which is a i wouldn't say similar but was you know equally a um horror super come superhero film mm-hmm. um certainly so he was and there are moments where the, he really embraces the lunacy and she creatorsness of the multiverse and uh, Sam Raimi's directorial style which lots of bizarre camera angles just enhanced that to no end um but yeah I enjoyed it have fun if you're a fan of the MCU you'll find a lot to enjoy and you will motivate that you'll just think that absolutely brilliant but as a whole I think it could have been better also this is something I've that's been in the back of my mind. Is it seems to retcon, at the very least, some of the resolution at the end of One Division. This is a film that you need to watch One Division and um, No Way Home to fully appreciate because a lot of it draws on a lot of past. Is there any story. way of explaining why it needs to? Or because without like, you'll have to. I suppose you when we watch it, you'll know. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's the resolution that is at the end out for wonder at the end of one division is seems to kind of be retconned a bit for this film okay would be the best way i can explain it i completely spawn the plot it does i mean when she comes she kind of comes to a and not so much an acceptance but a resolution for her grief at the end of one division it's more like okay yes this is who i am now and ex- yeah. um but i still i still i wouldn't not say it's a terrible film for that i just think okay you could have kind of it would have been more nicer if they kind of had a more seamless integration between the two elements it's was my argument but it's a really really good film um i would happily see it again i loved all the little horror nods to it and uh, in that are scattered throughout the film, um, but yeah, I enjoyed jo- it. Jojo, um, Joe, quite a few things of what Pete said is quite similar to my experience. Um, you know, Sam Raimi. Uh, as much as I really enjoyed Scott Derrickson's work on that first Doctor Strange movie, and you know that visual style was just brilliant. Sam Raimi just brings in, you know for lack of better words, a whole new dimension to the MCU. And whereas, you know, we've had teasers of multiverse, without going into too much spoilers, but where we've had teasers of multiverse in Spider-Man, in Loki, 
especially in like the What If series. This is the first time that we're properly traveling into this newfound world. And my worry going into this film was, and I, I, I kind of had to try and convince myself, you know, the reason why you're going into a multiverse is to expand on the story. But at the same time, you need to make sure that you're keeping something there that's going to keep you interested in the world that you've already established over this last 14 years. And it does it really well. And thinking about it, there are so many callbacks that go back to um, obviously previous MCU films, going back to like previous Spider-Man movies, uh, previous Doctor Strange, uh, the few little elements from a little bit from Infinity War and Endgame. There is a obviously WandaVision is mentioned very heavily. A couple of little Loki nods. Um, do you really need to have this all in your brain going into this movie? No, I. I, I went with a friend who um I, I would say she's my she's my um my my apprentice in training. We, we, um, <laughs> um, so on my second viewing, because yes, I've already seen this twice, um, on my second viewing, we went to go and see it and I said to her at the beginning, you know, yes, this is a little bit of a horror, but you know, it's a superhero movie. It's still a 12A. And she went, no, no, I'll be fine. I counted at least six times that she jumped during that movie. Um, <laughs> so it's brilliant. But, um, but you know what? Some of the, obviously, you know, it's not full on gruesome horror, but what they portray on the screen is very well executed. There are moments that really are striking. Um, and there's one particular moment with Wanda, which I'm not going to say any more than that, really. There's one particular moment where she gets from one part, it's quite early in the film, quite early in the film, where she's trapped in one part and then comes out of the other. Just that moment when you see her emerge, it's it, it feels like it feels like, you know, this could have easily been an off cut from Evil Dead. It was just it was just brilliant to see it on the screen. Um and yeah, like Pete said, this is very much a Wanda Maximoff film. And I guess it's really hard to try and say what it feels like, but think of the Avengers film, uh, Avengers Infinity War, but Thanos was your central character. It's kind of like that, you know, even though it's got Doctor Strange on the title, it is Wanda's story pretty much from beginning to end. And it's, it's great for the storytelling. It's great for the execution. And then for me, I, I, one of my favourite actors, anyway, um, Benedict Wong. You know, he is just an absolute star. Yeah, he, he he had a lot more to do in this film. He'd gone he from did. the comedic sidekick to a character that was more fitting for being a sorcerer yeah. supreme. <laughs> yes, and that's that's what you got to remember as well. He is the sorcerer supreme, you know, yeah. because um, Doctor Strange had disappeared for five years. Earth needed another defender. So they they have Wong. And um, do you know what? He gets some of the best lines. He really is a well-rounded character. And from having having him in um, Shang-Chi, in Spider-Man No Way Home, it's, you know, he's even joked about himself, the guy. It's becoming the Wong cinematic universe, which I'm all for, <laughs> because he is brilliant. I've met this guy a few times as well, and he's one of the loveliest people 
you could ever come face to face with. Um, I saw him. Be, I saw him being interviewed. I think it was like Jimmy Fallon or something, and they, it's like he was trying to get you know when he was trying to get on. He was trying to get in the film and he had this sort of kind of thing going wong for wong and stuff because obviously you know wong in yes. the he's called you know wong and wong in the in yeah. the mcu and stuff and he had this sort of like uh thing trying to get people to sort of kind of get him in and then he apparently <laughs> sort of was talking to a solicitor and he said oh i, I might need sort of uh I might, I might need uh, a solicitor. And he's like, Wong for Wong? And he went, yeah, I think Wong for, <laughs> Wong for Wright. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, if I can make one other point, um, you know, similar to Spider-Man, uh, Doctor Strange has a, has pretty much a, a young companion, um, as he did kind of almost having Spider-Man as a pseudo-psychic. He has America Chavez. Um, uh, Sakito Gomez, who is a fantastic actress, and her moments in this film, there are some real good standout moments, especially halfway into the movie. There's some great emotional heartstrings that are pulled, and I was really impressed. I was expecting a character like America Chavez, who I remember reading the comics years ago, I thought was so well written, and I thought, so introduce a Doctor Strange movie. At first, it didn't seem right for me, but then obviously with the whole multiverse aspect and um, without revealing too much about her power in particular, she is, at times, I guess it could feel like um, almost like a little plot device to obviously get things moving. But to me, she is just fantastic, very well cast. And if anything to take away from this going into the future of the MCU, I think this is an actress, you know, even outside the Marvel, this is an actress who I think you've got to look out for going forward because I think she's got such a great future. But overall, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, I really enjoyed. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, but can't take anything away from Sam Raimi. Still one of my favourite directors. He does horror well. He does superheroes well. And if there is a Doctor Strange free, I can't think of anyone better than to keep Sam Raimi in the picture. Um, oh, and there... Bruce Campbell as well. He's, um, <laughs> Bruce, Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell has got presence because you know if it's Sam Raimi, you have got Bruce Campbell. And I'm not going to say it is. I'm um, what he does in it. I'm sure Pete's not going to say what it is. But all I'll say is it is a very memorable, very humorous, and just very much worth your time. That's all I'm going to say. Is there a, there's a mid credit scene and an end credit scene? Yes. There's, there's, yeah. there's a, yep. And without uh, obviously mid- giving, without giving it away or anything, are they sort of pertinent to things the going forward? One, the first one is yes. The mid credit scene is very much sets the scene for the, um, Dr. Strangers next exploits. The end, end credit scene it's purely comedic purposes, but still well worth watching. Okay. It's brilliant. It's, okay. Yeah. It's, um, it's like I said, it's well worth the time when yeah. you see it. And it is just, yeah, it's just fantastic humor. And, 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 and I know obviously there's a lot of people that still are yet to see this movie, but you know, all I'll say is for anyone who's not seen this film yet. And if you've got an expectation of you're going to go and see this, you're going to see every Marvel character, that's ever been known to the history of man, you may be a little bit disappointed. I mean, don't get me wrong. 
still some great surprises in the film. Yes. But don't go but don't go expecting to see an end game level number of characters. Yeah. Oh, I, I kind of know some of the things are going to be yeah. there because it got ruined for me on TikTok. But uh, yeah, Ooh. so <laughs> yeah, stay away from uh, social media if you don't want things ruined. <laughs> That's like thing is like I, I'm not I'm not a massive uh, spoiler Nazi, you know, like so I'm not one of these people. I know there's people who get really fucked off with you if you uh, you know even months down the line you're you're talking about it or even sometimes years they get annoyed at you and stuff. And it's just like I, I like Ooh. we did. Uh, we you know we, we, like when we did cons, we haven't done it in a while. We might actually do it when we when we go to EG, uh, when we go to Games Expo, actually, Pete. But uh, yeah. we used to do this thing like big uh, Geek Pride's big question, and the Geek yeah. Pride's big question was sort of like spoilers. When are they uh, acceptable? And we had sort of very sort of wide sort of kind of spectrum on uh when a spoiler uh was acceptable um but we had sort of people who said it was never acceptable and that you should always sort of like you know and i'm just like but okay so you know where where's the line and stuff and i was just like you know Uh, so if you've not seen star wars and i turn around and sort of you know i can't talk about star wars just in case somebody you know, knows that sort of Darth Vader, spoiler alert, is Luke's father and stuff. And uh, it's sort of like, where is that line when spoilers yeah. are acceptable? I, I think what my personal idea is, especially if it's a brand new film out, the first week in particular is for diehards of that particular franchise. Yeah. If they have not seen it by then, I know it sounds horrible, but if they've not seen it by then, Film companies will do what they can to get audiences into the cinema afterwards. It's the same when Spider-Man No Way Home came out because they tried their best to avoid having Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in the marketing. About two weeks into the movie, they started doing little pictures, little clips from the movie, and then they showed the big scene when it's the three Spider-Men going up against the villains. And they said, yeah, in cinemas now, and that's what kept that movie at number one for like two months. So I reckon you're going to get something similar with this. Doctor Strange has opened up, and this is pretty good achievement. It is at $450 million in its opening weekend. The second highest earning, um, second biggest opening weekend since the pandemic began. Wow. So that's good. Second only, obviously, to Spider-Man. So come on. That's not a bad achievement. Do you, I feel like I'm really shitting on Doctor Strange, but I'm not. It's, it's just you, how it's working out. Do you think that... Are, are, are spoilers the... Oh, okay, spoilers uh, are a responsibility of people when a film has just come out. But sort of later on down the line, I don't know, obviously, for big films like that, you know where they're trying to sell it is it the responsibility of the person who hasn't seen it not to read something and stuff or be more vigilant or is it always on the per- oh, is it always on the people who have seen it to have the um the burden of um not spoiling it for others i think it's now really difficult because you know if it's not um as i say if it's not studio after a few weeks trying to entice more people to watch a film you're going to get stuff on social media straight away. You know, you're going to have it on Twitter, on your Facebook, on Instagram, TikTok, everything. You know, even like if you're waiting in an auditorium to go and see the movie, you're going to have people coming out. They're going to probably mention something that's been in the cinema. 
Um, you know, but yeah, the digital age is the worst thing. Um, and, also, and also, to be fair, there's also the element of discussing the film and with your friends and also looking at the deeper um metatextual narratives metatextual my god what what a phrase that is pete thank you and looking at the underlying themes of the film and you can really do that by discussing the film in full and that includes spoilers yeah um, i'm very sorry i don't know what happened there i just seem to have disappeared um um, see, I'm I'm for I'm of the view that you know when I'm watching, like I I don't like you know I don't like things being ruined for me, but I'm of the view that if I haven't seen a film in the first sort of couple of weeks of it being out, um, then it's my responsibility to stay away from things if I don't want it ruined for me and stuff. Because I know, uh, I appreciate, like, the arguments you always get in these sort of things is, I'm busy, and and they are legitimate, you know, there's people with families, kids, jobs, and they can't get out to do these things. So I understand that. But it's one of those things where you can't blame others uh, if they want to talk about something, I think and it's just I think it has to be your responsibility at some point in time that things aren't ruined for you. And it's like, and mm-hmm. if you for you sort of read something, as much as it might be annoying, then you know you know how social media works. You know how modern society works with these things and stuff. I knew flicking through TikTok, I may get a sort of you know I appreciate it's just come out, which was it was annoying, and it was a it was obviously a pirate copy of something that somebody was filming, so that was kind of wrong anyway but you know i think you have to have that sort of responsibility on yourself yeah. not to have you know i think, I think also we know like oh if this is going to be about x then fine i'll just skip past it yeah yeah it's yeah. very easy to do oh, but, if you're in a conversation with someone and someone brings up oh i just saw um dr strange in the multiverse of madness you, know, you can easily say don't spot it for me not seen it yet and I think if it, it, it gets the point this where is it. This is... if you get sort of things where it's... I was just going to say, this is why... No, 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 after you, no, sir. Gonna... <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, no, I was just going to say, that's why, you know, um, that's why you get things like, you know, spoiler-free reviews, because I think that's a good way of having an approach. You know, you can talk about a certain subject without really giving away its content. And unless you're me, josh have you, ever, have you ever read any of josh's josh, reviews because yeah. he he just he literally yeah. word word for that's word why, everything. that's why i've not read <laughs> that's why i've not read his review for sight the hedgehog 2 because i'm hoping to watch that in the next few days and yeah. um yeah <laughs> no, no offense but i know a lot of people that i know a lot of people that will do not in their reviews they'll put some real heavy spoilers i remember uh what film was it from a few years oh um False Awakens. Yeah. When False Awakens came out, um, there was someone from one of the newspapers uh, two days before the film came out and put their review in it. And obviously, it couldn't have been checked properly because in the review, it said um, about the death of Han Solo. Sorry, spoiler alert for a film from 2015 if you've not um, seen it yet. But, you know, that was in the that was in the body of text. They said and the death of Harrison Ford's Han Solo will resonate with me. It's like, how can you just drop that into 
a review for a yeah. film that's coming out two days later. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah, insane. Yeah, yeah. I think and, with... you know, especially if you've just got someone who, yeah. Yeah, we, right. <laughs> um, well, there's two things off that, but like one, uh, you know, I think most reviews should be spoiler free to start off with. I think later on, so initially if you're doing reviews, there should be nothing in there that has any reference to the 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 mechanics of the film itself like i i do the same every time if i do a review um of a new film i literally do not talk about uh anything that happens it's only afterwards if i've got a lot i want to say about it and i want to talk about it then i will do a sort of kind of more in-depth piece and i go you know spoilers etc um and i I can appreciate if it's a really bad film or or there's some really divisive moments within it uh then you can maybe set the start say look this is going to be spoiler filled so please sort of don't read if you don't want to but one more just one more thing um the the han solo thing and we said this before geek pride had a scoop on that before it came out so ben fee uh who used to do stuff for us and you know he he hasn't done anything for us in a very long time great chap and stuff but he was at a wedding in ireland yeah and one of the guys who was at this wedding worked on the film and drunkenly mentioned to him in a bar in ireland that han solo died basically like ben's like what the fuck really really and <laughs> and he, he he basically messaged us and went uh some drunk guy who worked on the film in the force awakens has told me that sahan solo dies in this film i was like bullshit bullshit he's, he's talking shit i said well he's like no i'm pretty sure because he he gives his credentials on what he did and blah 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 and i was like holy shit maybe he does so we did an art he did an article uh basically saying take mm. you know anybody who wants to, who doesn't want the new star wars ruined for you um then uh don't mm. read this and be very aware that this is a uh, rumor uh and stuff but and we wrote this piece about or he wrote this piece about han solo dying and the amount of hate we got for that even though it was just like do not read this if there, if you think, but it wasn't even mm. that. It was like literally, and Reddit ripped us to shreds, where it was just like, you know, this would never happen. They would never do this bullshit. We're not calling this. Is not so many sort of kind of Star Wars neckbeards who were sort of raging that this would happen and stuff. And who read it, they were annoyed. And I was just like, well, we just got the information. You didn't have to read it, but it's like this would never happen. This is bullshit. And then when it did happen our post got locked and they couldn't reply to it and stuff. And I was just like, oh, wait a minute. So we were right. It was true. And now you've locked it, you little shits. And it's just like, that was our big scoop because it was just like, and everybody didn't believe us. <laughs> anyway. But it's yeah. like back in the old days, a lot of websites used to have that, um, you used to have like the grayed out bar and it used to say, oh, you know, put your mouse over this if you want to reveal it. So yeah. the web page was basically saying, look, you're doing this at your own risk. And then people look at it and they go, oh, why the fuck did you spoil that? Well, yeah, you looked at the... it. Why did you look at it? Yeah, you know, that, that's, that's the that was the one of the worst things. I one of the guys went, you know, I'm I'm really annoyed at you for this, and I was just like, it says at the very start, do not read this if you don't want to. Sort of, you know, it it says in big, I think it said in big letters, it was a big warning. It's do like, not read this if you want to. And I was just like, and it's like you can't get annoyed at us. It's like if your curiosity got the best of you, it's like don't. It's like me turning it's like around them, to you. It's like the ones. 
It's like me turning around to you, right? I was, I was... And I did this so I did this sort mm. of uh, social experiment when we first started Geek Pride, which I would never do again because it well backfired on me. But do not, and I'm telling you, I do not, ladies and gentlemen, do not type nod null into Google. So London backwards, nod null, and over with, the, with your red dwarf reference, do not type nod null into Google. I'm saying do not type nod null into Google. <laughs> And then people obviously did do it and then got really annoyed at me because I told them not to. This is, well, of course we were going to do it because you told us not to. And I was just, that's shocking. I was like, well, I did say, do not do this. It's in Bulgaria, isn't it? (laughs) Say it again. It's in Bulgaria, isn't it? No, no, Bulgaria, Richard, and all countries and and mineral wealth. Just south of Bosnia. It might have changed now, but back, back, back then, let's just say, the, the results were slightly shocking. So it's just like, you know, one of those things. And now there's going to be a lot of people, like, you know, got some people watching at this moment in time. They're going, do I type in Nod Null into Google and see what it says? And then get angry with Matt because we've seen something we don't want to see. So if you're listening to this, do not type in Nod Null into Google if you don't want to be shocked by something. No, I appreciate I've not done it in ages. I don't know if it's, it might have changed. But back then, it had some interesting Google picture results, so yeah, just be be mindful. There you go. It's like it's it's like when people used to um used to go on these things, you know, like you get these quiz that come up saying, oh, you know, find out how long you have left to live. It's like you know, why the hell would you want to look that kind of thing up? But then people do the test and they go, oh my god, I've only got two years left to live. Yeah. Like, why did you do that? You know, well, no one's watching you. You've got two years and it's like, how accurate are they anyway? You've got two years left to live. You can do anything you want for the next two years, and you'll be fine. Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? It's just like when you when, when, you, when it comes into that whole thing, it's like if I it says I'm going to die in two years, does that mean I could literally do anything and I'll survive? So I could throw myself exactly. up this cliff and I'm going to land on a fucking sheep or something and I'm going to survive? Or you know how does how does that work and stuff? It's just yeah, that the whole thing about death and having no agency in in the world just doesn't make any sense to me and stuff. It's just like. You know, having having no choice in, in, in your life. Um, was oh, one one thing that I did have watched and is very much related to the MCU is Moon Knight. Oh, it was so good. Last episode especially was yeah. really yeah. good. Really good. By the, enjoyed... way, by the way, anybody who's not watched Moon Knight, we've all watched it. So spoilers, uh, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. We're talking about Moon Knight now, so... Yeah, I really enjoyed it. However, I do not feel it felt as embedded within the MCU as the other uh, Disney Plus MCU shows, such as um, The Falcon and Winter Soldier. Was that, ba- was that a bad thing, though? Yes, I, I would say it is. Part, because it didn't feel as invested. It felt but, very much an outlier. But it had its own sort I, of... It had its own sort of vibe to it, and because it wasn't relying on cameos and connections to the MCU, that it, it had its own sort of thing. And I felt like it, for me, because I'm not very well-versed in Moon Knight anyway, I just thought it had its own sort of kind of uh, thing. And I kind of liked the fact that I knew it was MCU, but it didn't have that sort of kind of in-your-face sort of like, you know, that episode of Family Guy where it's like, here's my kids. And he's like shoving the, the pictures of his kids in this guy's face. It's like, this is MCU. Yeah, I like yes, that. 
but you can do you can invest embed something with a kind of a shared unit which is what the mcu effectively is without ramming it down your throat it's i mean one division did that very well i mean the first three episodes was basically wonder and and vision in a series of different tv shows and but it still felt part of an ongoing story whilst moon knight as great as it was felt like something felt like outside of the mcu i mean big thing for me was i was watching the final no, the finale and i'm thinking that's an avengers level threat where are the avengers yeah why right. was it right was it but avengers how many times level? could you say that in the mcu Pardon? It wasn't an Avengers level threat. You, you had two gods the fighting over the the um the pyramid of Giza and like you know, all like you know, and Yeah, yeah, <laughs> at least was... how yeah, many two people gods. could actually see them two gods fighting? Because Everyone? if you remember, it's mostly only people that have had direct interaction with the gods that could see their presence. Yeah, I suppose it's not, not a threat. I suppose not being able to see them doesn't mean they don't have a threat, but yeah, but there's lots they of stuff, you know. At least there's lots. There's lots of Avengers left. Actually, I think we're doing just have four turn up. No, because it's a Norse god beat up against the. No, because uh, I, I think they were trying to push this oh, whole. Paul's traveling with the Guardians, ain't he? I think they were trying to sort of kind of steer away from. It was like you literally have a um um a oh, I don't even know if. A Muslim director. You have a an Egyptian. Yeah. You have an Egyptian superhero, yeah. and you have sort of like I think they were trying to sort of steer away from this Westernized sort of view Absolutely. of the MCU and have something a bit more sort of global. Uh, yeah. And 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 you know, I'd sort of. And I thought that was a good thing. I thought you know, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I, I don't sort of you know having Fantastic. having sort of you know somebody you know coming in America, fuck yeah, with an yeah. American flag and stuff, you know, and sort of like doing that. You know, it doesn't. It, it's very much so. You couldn't. I don't think you could have white man comes in okay. to fa- no. To save. I wouldn't. I, would, I wouldn't even say have four come and save. Just like that, you have the Norse mythology, good meeting up the you know, the Egyptian mythology. But why would that and be seeing... any relevance though to it? Because they're both gods. Yeah, but there's loads of gods in the MCU and stuff. Like exactly. That's why you kind of want to see how the this Egyptian mythology can interact with the other. You're going to get that in God and Thunder, or I Love and Thunder, we, aren't you? Yeah, but will that, will that kind of meet with the, um, you know, uh, Kanushu and the others? Konshu, Konshu. Oh no, because it, it's it's the pantheon, so it's it, it's the yeah. Greek Greek gods and uh, and yeah, the Norse. That, that's what that's what I want to see, like how these two pantheons interact with each other. Yeah, but it's like mm. that. If you have something, see the thing of that is, it's a film about a guy struggle with his split personality based on uh trauma that he's got yeah. from a child, and he and it's not about the gods really. The gods are obviously a peripheral in it and they give them power but you know if you if you brought in a god like thor it would become about them and not about mm. moon knight and not about uh i forgot the name of the um the lady in uh what's her name Lena. yeah it's not about them and i think that sort of is because you don't you want it to be about them um one thing i need to ask just sort of just randomly you know when he yeah. says release he, he, at the end he says 
um to release him to release them does that mean they cease to be moon knight at the end does he not have the powers anymore i, I think so but you think no, about it if you not see the post credit scene Oh my god, I missed oh, the post credit scene. scene. Oh. You idiot! Uh, this is Marvel, dude. No, no way. It's Marvel and I didn't even... Yeah, you're right. Why right, the fuck did right, I not watch right. it? You, you no, can tell you me what it is. I'll watch it after. No. We'll post the podcast. You go and watch it five minutes and come back to us. Honestly, I can't believe you... All right, okay. Right, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it, right? I'm going to go and watch it now. So, right, you, okay. you guys we'll have can... a chat for five minutes. Yeah, okay. uh, Ricky <laughs> I can't believe I did that. I can't be believe I did that. I knew, I knew, I knew this was, that would be a thing. Well, I'm a fucking idiot. All right, this I'm, I'm going to be back. Be One minute. We're actually sending someone to go and watch something so we can actually talk about it. It's just... <laughs> this is how, this how professional we are because we have sent Matt away I... to go and watch something that he has not fully watched. So it's going to be about five minutes. Not that long, to be fair, because it's a moderately yeah. short scene, but he needs to watch it because he's been a bit of an idiot. Okay. Yeah. So, and while Matt's not here, let's talk about all the cameos in Multiverse of Madness. Oh, no, we're not doing that. No, no, no we can't do that. that. No, <laughs> I think the the cameos were done no. really well. I think they were done. I enjoyed them. Not they're not done excessively, and I think they're oh. very nice. Some some I suspected, some mm. I thoroughly expected. <laughs> Bruce Campbell, and. So really surprised me, and the like. But where with hindsight went, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, um, I I know obviously we're trying to do this as roundabout way as we can, but one cameo, um, being reprised by a certain actor who didn't have a fair shot at his first opportunity playing this yeah. person, I think really redeemed it, and probably was, um, in hindsight, one of the more Gruesome elements when certain yes. thing happened to this person. Yeah. It's really but, hard not to talk about it. But it I like, know. Um, yeah, there is. It was nice to do, it. and I think it had to be done in such a way that the focus remained on Wanda and Doctor Strange. And because if those cameos had been any longer it would have distracted from this ongoing narrative. And Zeremi, I feel, was very much aware of that. Um, One thing I wanted to mention as well is, in the first Doctor Strange film, the presentation of his magic and the way his reality bending is portrayed quite differently here. You still think about it. Joe, I was thinking about that. With, have with the first film, so I think where it is Doctor Strange is still he's still learning his capabilities. Yeah. I think he's still obviously understanding. Whereas in this second film, you've got to think you've had all the Avengers movies, you've had Spider Man. He's had time to hone his skills, yeah. been able to, I guess, in a way, transcend what you know yeah. the followers of Kamataj had been able to do beforehand. That's my that's my thought. I think, and also my. Um, theory, like uh, understanding, is more from a directorial element and like production element. Is basically you got two very different directors presenting their vision and also their own directorial style. I mean, in the first one, they had kind of these massive, wide-angle shots, and whilst mm. you know, but 
Sam maybe doesn't do that. He does kind of these kind of very narrow in the face and like zooming straight yeah. in the face. So it's very tight in. And that thereby that kind of changes the nature of how they yeah. portray uh, Doctor Strange's abilities. But yeah, I, I thought it was a and, movie film. Like, uh, do you know, I, I still think, especially um, going into like the first, the first 10, 15 minutes, just it just gets straight into the action. You know, it's no, yeah. there's no build up or anything like that. Just straight away, it's just like, yep, big action set piece. We calm down for a minute. Big action set piece. We calm down yeah, for a minute. Big that, action set piece. It's like that's a thing. That and that means they, there's no ratchet intention. It's like peak trough, peak trough. It's not a. A roller coaster. It's like it's well, it is. A, it is a roller coaster. To be fair, I mean, but like no way before yeah. it's yeah. and then and straight then, like, down. Every time you get a stop, it's like slowly going up, slowly going up, slowly going up, slowly going up, slowly going up. Oh, it starts again. Um, it was kind yeah. of yeah. Joe. Uh, oh, do you know it's so difficult to talk about this without actually saying anything major from this no, movie. But but I understand. I mean, I, I have to keep yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, my my daughter, I, mean, I saw it on Tuesday, and my daughter saw it yesterday. And I was having to basically keep like, no, I'm not because anything other than oh. you know, you know, they do bring back all the <laughs> Avengers in one film. And she looks at me, and goes, no, they don't. Yeah, you're right, they don't. <laughs> uh, but no. Do you know what this, this has got to be your this has got to be your little bit of um, payback because I remember when you said about your daughter seeing Spider Man before yeah. you saw it. So this has also been this has also been so and, sweet for you to go. To be fair, it, uh, they did not in any way spoil Spider-Man for me. So she was very, you know, very, you know, very understanding in that regards. And I recently watched it, so that was quite cool. But so I thought, well, I'm not going to spoil it for her. Uh, but I was really pleased because I, I got to pick up one of these kind of Doctor Strange badges um, on, the on the Tuesday when I went to see it. And just immediately, my, my daughter, half if she put it on a school blazer with the school group walking around with Doctor, Doctor Strange... Um, a logo on a on a blazer, which, which they're allowed to do, to be fair. And everyone's going, "Oh, I got that straight to Yeah, my dad's seen it. <laughs> so, uh, do, you, do you know? Um, it's it's not exactly. Um, it's it goes not so much on the Doctor Strange thing, but recently, um, I finished a a newish game called Ghostwire Tokyo. And oh, holy shit! Like, a lot of like holy shit. <laughs> Holy! Can we just say if, when you when you publish this podcast now, you've got to call it "Holy Shit Beans." Holy um, shit beans! Oh my god! How do they not? Why do they not do that? It's the biggest rookie mistake ever. Not they like right? Oh my god! <laughs> what? Why yeah. do? Yeah. Oh. So, what, what so, I liked about so that. Matt, so Matt, scene. what were you saying earlier? <laughs> right, because oh, the thing is, right, that was you know again. If you're watching this and you haven't seen Moon Knight, please stop listening. Um, no. Uh, no, I stop listening now. But um, it, it, I at the start, right? I knew he had three personalities, yeah. obviously, because you knew that third personality was somewhere. You had the sarcophagus, which was locked. Yeah. You had the fact that he sort of obviously, you know, what happened there, and there's obviously that other person that he's done it, and then obviously, so there's <laughs> also a moment where um, Stephen says, "Mark, did you do this?" And Mark's going. Nope. <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah. So, you know, I knew he was going to appear, but I thought they were going to leave that, not me not being a moron and not realizing, you know, this is Marvel. There's always a scene. Um, 
And then obviously having him there, because I was like, surely he would just have that third personality kill him. I fuck it does. He fucking kills him. And Con- but it's like Konshu. I like the fact that Konshu is a bit of a shithead, you know. And like, you know, he's not. I like gods mm. that have um, ulterior motives and things. I like. Well, I like. It's not so much an ulterior motive. Basically, he's a god. He does not care about the morons and the little people. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, okay, that was that was good, and I can't. I'm so I'm so annoyed at myself that I didn't sort of why. It's like it ended. I watched it, knowing ever having watched every single credit scene in a Marvel film ever, having stayed to the very bitter end all of them. And for some reason, when I finished with Moon Knight, it came to the credits, and I went, "Okay, job done," and just walked off. I think it was because it was a series. I just obviously switched off my marvel brain but uh yeah but that was uh, yeah because yeah, i thought so, i thought they might sort of uh, kind of t- tie him in um no so what they have done is essentially yes Konshu has essentially let go um mark and stephen just not the other one uh right okay he has said yeah fine you are free to do whatever you want you on the other hand you're still with me yep no problem yeah. yeah. Okay. So, that's that's good. I. Do you know what? I think I liked. Uh. I liked Steve. I liked the way. I liked that interaction with the two the two different parts of yeah. them and stuff. And I, and I think credit to Oscar Isaac to pulling off two and three completely different characters convincingly. Yeah. 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 And I just sort of like. And I think yeah. his as a lot. Of, he got a lot of grief for his 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 accent. And um, I. I quite liked it. I thought it worked quite well. I thought he got the mannerisms done quite well. It grew. It grew. Yeah. I think what the accent for me is when you think about it a lot more, this will, that accent was not natural because because uh, there was part of this personality that Mark created. Stephen Grant was based on this kind and like which you know, it's based on like this kind of film which had a equally you know. Um, fake accent. So basically, it would be natural for a, a created personality inspired by a film to have an equally fake accent. So when you think about that, was like, well, yeah, he would because he's based, based his entire Stephen Grant personality on Doctor Stephen Grant Adventurer, so which has this kind of very you no know, false ac- English accent. So when you look at it that way, it's like, yeah, okay, it makes sense, really. Yeah. And I love the way, kind of even just down to the posture. You know, um, Mark um, was kind of very stood, stood upright, very powerful, direct, looked straight away. Whilst um, Steve was kind of hunched over, like almost hunched inwards and very nervous and just stammered slightly. And yeah, it was just, you know, beautiful portrayal, completely two different contrasting characters. And the fact that um, Oscar's going to snap between the two of them in an instant is no amazing. Yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it, and I I actually I out of you know I, I enjoyed all the rest, but I it, because it was something different, and it was something yeah. I didn't really know a lot about. Bar you know, there was a cosplayer I follow and stuff, and he always played Moon Knight, and I was like, who's you know who is Moon Knight and stuff, and I thought it was a good change up for things, and it's sort of like you know. He is like a more brutal Batman in a way, uh, in a sort of kind of schizophrenic sort of 
but I suppose he's not because he's got powers and stuff. Though that being said, I'm not sure if he has powers in the comic books. Uh, it's sort of he like... does. Yes, he. I mean, it's a fairly good uh, adaptation of Moon Knight comics. I have read some of them. Uh, mostly enjoyed them. Um, yeah, it's been really good. Again, there's the Mark, the Stephen, and the other personality all there in this one person's head. And again, like uh, the the two different costumes, you had Mister Knight and Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and those are you know from the uh, comics themselves. And again, it's a fairly decent representation of the character, to be fair. And yeah, I enjoyed it. It's really good. I mean, like I like the fact when like um, Stephen becomes Mister Knight. Yeah, and he's just like he's just he's just he exuberance of the character. Oh, look what I did! It's like yeah. it's just happiness. Yeah, I like it. Like, I, it's really good, and it's it's really good that he has this sort of kind of range that he can do these different yeah. characters. And it just there was somebody he put on. He should have done. Have you heard him? Have you heard him do? I think it was either it was Jimmy Kimmel or was it Jimmy Kimmel or was it Jimmy Fa- Jimmy Fallon? Um, he does the hippopotamus song. Have you heard, have you heard his hippopotamus song? No. Right. So type. Right. Go to Google. Right. And it's the most addict. It's the most sort of. It's a bra- It's a proper sort of earworm. So he does. He does a song on Jimmy Fallon called the Hippopotamus song. So Google it if you if if you got it now. You're listening now. Type in uh, Oscar uh, Ox, Oscar Isaac's Hippopotamus song, right? And he does it, and it's basically a song that he sings and plays guitar to to his, his kid. Uh, and it's so cool because it's like hip hip hippopotamus and it's just like it's so good and it, i don't i don't do it justice in any way shape or form it's like but it's so so good it's well written it's quite it's quite catchy and stuff and it was just like he should have had that as the song at the end whenever he they bumped into the um what's the name of the god the hippopotamus god uh Hamatet. yeah something like that so that should have been that you know hippopotamus and it's so good just google it google it on youtube go, go on youtube type in hippopotamus song i oscar isaac it's so good it's so good very good yeah yeah uh turret 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 yeah. yeah yeah i really loved turret she was just a fantastic character and i just loved the kind of the sheer exuberance in the character the, like no, the glee to her and I mean, there's these little moments where, like, when she first introduced him, and she's got these kind of little, kind of these little cars, she's skimming through them and scattering them on the floor. Yeah, yeah. And that was just so nice to look because it, we've all been in situations where we're trying to frantically remember something, how to do something. They've got, oh, just where's it? Where's it? Where's it? Where's it? Yeah. And the fact you've got a god doing that <laughs> was just brilliant because it is, a, it's just a human. And relatable element, and there's such a no, she's such a lovely person. Um, talking <laughs> about uh, series and stuff, has have you watched P- the last series of Picard, the last episode that happened on Friday? Um, I've watched all but the last not episode. Yet, no. Oh, okay, um, it's so good, it's really good, and there's a bit in it where it's just like, oh my god, like it's quite, it's quite, it's quite emotional. It's quite a, you know, the thing about Picard is. The first series took a while. It was a bit of a short... It took yeah. it a long burn, and it gets a lot better towards the end. So, yeah, if I haven't watched Picard, the first three or four episodes is a bit like, eh, I'm not sure, but it gets a lot better. Second season is really good. More along the... Maybe a more of a gritty uh, Next Generation episode and stuff. Um, and the last episode was just... Yeah, it was really good. And there's a couple of moments in it where you're just like, oh, 
wow. And there's one moment in here they're going, oh my God. Yeah. I must admit, I've watched them, but I think my wife Curly is enjoying them more than I am because she, she enjoys John, um, not John Luke Picard. She enjoys uh, Patrick Stewart as John yeah. Luke Picard. She thinks he's fantastic. And he is. I'm looking at more from a writing element and I'm just kind of cringing because there seems to be a lot of instances where they're just deliberately writing drama for the sake of it. That's what, no, just writing but, uh, was there, Would dilemma. that be any different than the next generation, would <laughs> well, you call? Okay, no. Very first episode, sorry, very first episode, the second season, they told us, right, we are going back in time. No matter what you do, remember the butterfly te- effect. Do not cause any ripples in time. Okay, gotcha. So what does Rios do? Hi, I'm a captain from the 300 years in the future. I pilot Starship. <laughs> and, and he's telling people this all through. Like, he's just, he's you can't, like the thing is with time travel, though, man, as soon as you go without that time travel thing, every, yes. you know, there's nothing. Yes, I get that. There, you know, there's some unavoidable ripples. Yeah. But the fact you are telling, you know, border control police, like, yes, I'm a Starship captain. No, no, just bullshit them. Just come up with something. Not just tell them the truth. And he does the point where, yes, this other person and this child, yeah, come and see my starship. Yeah, it's just, it's good no, because no, no, there's, it's it's a full circle. The way it works, and you'll sort of see it when you see the last episode, there's a full circle around to it and stuff, and it all sort of kind of clicks together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there is, it's, you know, it's really good. The bit, the cue's great in it. You know, the whole thing is just sort of you know, there's a really touching moment, you know, I just sort of, yeah, I liked it. Apparently the third, and I liked the fact, who's the who's the guy who plays Data, the uh, the actor who plays uh, Data? Red Spiner. Yeah. He, him playing Dr. Sung, uh, you know, the, the old, you know, as a, but, you know. But not Noonien Sung, yeah. Adam Sung. Yeah, as, a, you know, uh, sort of, you know, one of the ancestors and stuff, but as yeah. like a, I like that sort of very, evil sort of lore type thing you know where he's just sort of like you know he's got really good range as well i think you know he always did when he was playing the different sort of you know different theaters effectively um so yeah but apparently the series three uh it's going to have all of the old uh tng um uh, crew back again um and they've also said that season three will be the final season so it's good that they've got a game plan yeah before they even get into it you know that they have got the end my other issue with this season and Matt's going to shout at me again so I apologise is at one point um, Dr. Giuliani has to spoilers spoilers anybody who hasn't watched that open yourself up wait 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 wait, wait, wait. spoiler is anybody who hasn't watched Picard Stop listening now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Opens herself up to you know emerging with the ball queen. Fine. Okay. She is the most technically minded and has and has studied ball technology. She's a perfect person, right? And towards the end, you kind of reveal that you no, know, she and the ball queen are fighting for control of Durante's body. Yeah. Yep. Then, okay, then, just literally before the queen has actually managed to gain control of Durante, Durante's got the information she wanted and. No, but way the wind, no problem. Then Picard has to go, oh no, we've got a message. I've got to go and help them. You stay here and look after the queen. Hang on, you are leaving 
the one person who has not been once already kind of mind controlled by the by uh, Vulcans and has also been nearly mind controlled by the Vulcans. You're going to leave her in positions of the very person that nearly mind controlled her. That seems like a bad idea. And they just like didn't, didn't kind of they just feel like I think oh, you're being overly picky. Bear in mind, no, you could you no, could throw I'm you not could being throw overly because exactly my wife and I, like her and I said exactly the same thing. No, no, I wouldn't do that. Really, that's a bad idea. No, but look, the, you, the thing is, you're thinking, like because it's slightly more gritty and more real. It, you know, it's like, but it's still next generation. And you think about all of the stuff that you could rip a shreds in the next generation, but you still enjoy it because, you know, it's cheesy, it's completely off cuff, you know, it's sort of, you know, you know, you've got Moriarty, they've got a, they've got a, they've got a Moriarty, they've got that whole episode dedicated to Sherlock Holmes, next generation and stuff, it was silly stuff, you know, it's just, yeah. there's a bit, there's a bit in it where there's, there's, there's a, there's a, a version of Deanna Troy who's a cake, who's cake. And, and data eats her with a bit of with a knife and stuff. Well, they've actually done acid in that in that episode. <laughs> in that episode won't they? I mean, what I mean, I absolutely agree. Agree, it's gritty, but I mean, there were a few moments which genuinely shocked me because it just felt out of character for the, for them. I mean, like when you hear Picard swear, he doesn't swear very and, often though. But it's good and, to sort of that have that edge to him. Yeah, like. but I mean. It's hard to be established that you know, Picard is a very refined man. He's someone who's very much in control. Even when he uh, confronted the Borg in First Contact, he never once swore. There was rage, there was righteous fury, and for one, you never doubted for one instance that you know Picard was in a massive bloodless killing spree for the Borg. But he never once swore. Yeah, well, maybe he wanted to. So it's like my mother. Wait, my my, wait, my wait, mother. Wait. My mother's from Oxford, and she's very posh, and she doesn't. She never used to swear at all. And then one Christmas, my sister and my brother got her drunk and made her swear. And now she sort of drops in a swear word now and again, just sort of for laughs and stuff. It's just like when you get older, maybe you want to you throw in an, an f bomb or you know or something like that now and again. You know, it's just you know, it's not out of character. It's an evolution of a person's personality. <laughs> But it just felt, yeah, but there was no build-up. I mean, you've gone from, like, TNG to Picard. And there wasn't, we didn't see that kind of, at least so when we saw it in person in Picard, it just, it was, I know, how many it shocked years, me. Has it, how many years has it been? Sort of, when, was, when, did it, when did the next generation end? 94? The, 90, no, yeah, we, we, there's been the films. Yeah, no, uh, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. John Joe, was... you're, ni- you're twisted for nine degrees, dude. You're not. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Sorry, when was, when was the last film? <laughs> when was Nemesis? Was it Nemesis? Was I, think, I think it was the early 2000s. So 2002. About, yeah. yeah, so about 20 years. Yeah, 20 years. So, so, yeah, so, I just remember Tom Hardy in that film. Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's oh, loads see? of cameos. Oh, yeah. There's loads of little cameos. It's like Band yeah. of Brothers. If you look at Band of Brothers, if you watch the Band of Brothers series, the amount of cameos and stuff like uh, he's in that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Pegg's in it. Okay. Um, oh, it's... I think that's 2002 as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Even old. Yeah, um. yeah. Um, what a series that is. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, I, I thought Picard. I really enjoyed it. You know, I, I like I said, the first series I wasn't really that into, and I had it on the background because I was sort of making some models and I had nothing better on, so I just went, yeah, I'll have it on. And then I slowly started getting into it, and then you know, it, it, it's a slow burn. It gets a lot better, and then the uh, the second season is more like a next generation episode, just prolonged. It's a bit, mm. um, 
it's a bit sort of strange and sort of like, but it, it's got that whole sort of kind of, you know, drama that, that you have in a, in a Next Generation episode, just sort of slightly more gritty and more long. Um, and it's, you know, just having Q back was good and, you know, you know the sort of past Guinan and, you know... and I did think Guinan was just brilliant. I really liked her character. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, I, I enjoyed it and stuff. Um, the character... Um, what was it? She played the she played the data's daughter, um, and she's obviously oh, yes, yes. She 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 was a daughter of Adam. Well, the that daughter creation she was creation of, of yeah. Adam Stone. Yeah, uh, so she. Oh. I kind of made me feel like it, it was just that kind of feels slightly shoehorned in because they wanted to keep her in this series yeah. and stuff because it's like what other than there's there's stuff that how you know. Yeah, I can't, you know, because it ruined the last episode and stuff, but it does feel slightly shoehorned in, though I guess, you know, what happens and then could sort of move on to things, but it'll be interesting. Um, this, there's a bit in it in the last the last episode and stuff where I think I, it'd be interesting if that happens, if that carries over to Series 3 or not. Do we find out why the Watcher is... No, it's it basically looks exactly like Picard's um, Romulan house sitters. No, uh, it, don't, it doesn't sort of. Which give that's you... all. It, I mean, I can, I, apparently the the, uh, the producers really liked uh, the actress and, and her role. Thought, yeah, well, we've always got you know a nice dynamic with uh, Patrick Stewart, so let's keep her in and give this a little. But they've actually addressed why the characters look exactly alike, which feels it's, she's Romulan in the series. She's Romulan yeah. as well as to be in the Watcher, and I guess it could just be an ancestral thing. The argument would be ancestral of some sort, but you know, there's no sort of other than looking like her. It's there's no connection. I don't think. Yeah. But again, when you can and actually Picard says, "Oh, you look exactly like right." Well, yes. Why? What, what's going on? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it just I felt a bit like. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I, I can it. see what I can see why the producers did do that. I mean, she's a very a great actress, has a great um, uh, energy on screen, and kind of the way she interacts with uh, Patty Stewart is just fantastic. But it just felt really odd having this, these two characters played by the same person, but without ever adequately explaining why, <laughs> at least in the um, in the mythos of the show. Right. Anyway. Okay, John Joe, you wanted to uh, you wanted to talk about Doctor Who, and me and Pete are going to completely zone out because we have no, <laughs> don't know anything about Doctor Who. Who oh, but... right, it's going to be it's going to be like you going to watch Moon Knight again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so, uh, so for some random reason, at half twelve this afternoon, the BBC decided to announce the the casting for Jodie Whittaker's replacement on Doctor Who. And it is a relatively young, I guess you could say kind of unknown because he's not too prominent in terms of the acting well compared to some of the other previous Who's. But we have Shooty Gatewar, who is the new Doctor Who. Um, now, this is, this is really one that we should have had Mark on because... This guy's already appeared in one of Mark's other favourite shows, Sex Education. Um, I've watched a couple of episodes, but I'm oh, not as well versed I remember on you it. to mention it. Who is he in Sex Education? Joe, 
Oh, that's as much as that. I've only watched that a couple of episodes. I can't oh, okay. remember the guy's name. Oh, I can't okay, remember right. his character's name. But um, but I've, from what I can see, I think he's a good casting. He seems very bright. He seems very energetic for the part. Um, obviously, he's got Russell C. Davies' approval because he cast him. Um, I, I, I'm, for one, am excited to see where this character, like where his version of the Doctor is going to go, because I, I'm under the opinion that I wait until the final product's on the screen. You never judge someone until you see their performance. It's the same as when Matt Smith took over David Tennant, because everyone was going, oh no, that David Tennant, the show's going to suck, it's just going to get really bad. Personally, I think Matt Smith was better than David Tennant. Shoot me if you don't like that, that's my opinion. But Matt Smith, I think, was fantastic because he just embodied Doctor Who. He just went weird. He went serious. He went angry. He went scary. He went crazy. He just, he just, he just was basically what David Tennant couldn't do. David Tennant could do angry, yes, but that was sort of it. He could do these flashes of emotion, and that was it. Whereas Matt Smith, he could hold you for a whole episode. He was able to just. Pull the intensity. Is he your and I'm hoping doctor? that Shooty's going to do the same. Do you know what? I would have said he was, but then Peter Capaldi came onto the scene. Personally, Peter Capaldi is my favourite doctor. Okay. Interesting. And I, 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 yeah, but, um, but with Shooty taking over the role, I really am looking forward to hopefully seeing an actor who's not being cast because a lot of people. Because you know the internet exists, a lot of people going, "Oh, it's all stunt casting." You know, they're casting the Black Doctor. I'm like, no one fucking cares what you think, mate. They're casting someone because this is the right person for the job, not because of the color of their skin, not because of any other thing that you may think it is. This has been done because loads of people auditioned. This is the person that was the best part, the best fit for this role. That's how the TV film industry works. They go for the best person. They don't go for what they think's... Well, I actually have to say it a lot. Some, some of them might go <laughs> I was going to say, are you sure? Yeah, but, some of them do. Yeah. Yeah. We can, but, we can say, make I, some money I, out of this. I mean, I've said it before. I don't... I, I, would, I wouldn't have picked Russell T. Davies to come back as showrunner. He had a very good run, but over time, I've kind of thought about it, and I thought, okay... Maybe he can, you know, take it in a new direction. Maybe he can do something that he couldn't have done before. And I think, you know, he's willing to take this journey on. He's bringing someone with him who, you know, may not have as much experience as compared to some of these people that have taken on the lead role. I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to it because we've got one more episode with Jodie Whittaker, which is going to be in October, I believe. And then... And then Shoot is going to be having his first full episode, which will either be the New Year's special or if they decide to bring it back to Christmas. I kind of miss Christmas Doctor Who. I, that was like, you know, that was like the one thing that I could say for an hour in the evening to, to my partner. Right. You go and watch what you want now. I've got the TV. I'm putting Doctor Who on. That's the only hour of TV I ask for. You know, on Christmas Day. It's weird. I never see like, when that got taken away. I just had to watch Paul Goodwife. So many, so many people into Doctor Who, 
and I I kind of mm. wish I I liked it, but I I just can't. I can't get into it. It's like I've I've sat and I've watched episodes, and it just doesn't. I just don't understand. I, it doesn't. There's no sort of click with me and stuff. I find it slightly kitsch and sort of um over the a bit over. I know I, I, I watch over the top stuff all the time, but it just seems a bit. I don't know what it is about it, and it it it, it does nothing for me. Like that being said, there are I I'm I'm one of these guys who likes the really poignant moments and things, but I quite like the the poignant moments that they have in. So I'm I'll watch like um. What's the, he was one of the sidekicks. He, um, he was in, like, I think he used to be in the Carry On films or something. He, uh, he was the dad of one of the, he was the dad of, um, oh, of ginger hair comedian woman. What's her name? He was a sidekick. Oh, you talk about Cribbins. Yeah, and his sort Cribbins. of his sacrifice and stuff like that. And I saw the whole thing about him where he he sort of was he the was he the father? But whatever, you know, he sort of he sort of the he way He was from, the grandfather of Catherine Tate. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. So and, and that sort of thing, those little poignant moments and again with sacrifice, I like that sort of thing and obviously where a uh, Van Gogh uh, you know, uh, the Van Gogh thing and that- yeah and sort of like things i i like that but as a series it's just never been anything any i just haven't cared about it and i've just not been able to get into it i don't know what it is it just you know i i I watched um i watched um oh fuck i'm really bad with names uh sylvester mccoy's uh doctor yeah. uh when i was younger because that was you know when i was growing up was and I, and I watched it and i quite enjoyed it you know i i thought it was quite dark and like i've got some very f- yeah. sort of dark you oh, know, yeah, memories yes. of the sort of kind of that one but you know as i've sort of i started watching it when chris uh christopher eccles sort of started doing his and it just didn't really do much for me and uh, and since then, I dabbed in and out, and I'm just like, I, I can't seem to sort of get into it. And it annoys me slightly, because I feel like I should be able to, but I can't, you know. Well, I mean, the Sylvester McCoy Doctor Who's were totally quite different to the rest of Doctor Who at that time. It, they were, you know, quite dark, and narratives explored and much more mature themes than, you know, previous iterations of Doctor Who. And then we had that 20-year gap, and I kind of watched the first few episodes of the uh, this new Doctor Who. Was it uh, David Tennant? Not David. Was it David Tennant? No, Christopher Eccles was the first Chris, one. Okay, yeah, I, I watched that one Chris vaguely. Was the first then it was David Tennant. Sorry, say it again. I watched that. So Who was it? It was Chris, yeah. Christopher Eccleston for that, yeah. that that kind of sort of TV movie thing. And then was no, no, look- that's Paul McGann. The TV. Oh, movie. Paul McGann. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, then it was Christopher Eccleston. And I watched that kind of the first few episodes and I never watched it again. Basically because, I mean, Doctor Who is essentially the target of the magic doorway. It goes to anywhere, anyone. And the writers of that first episode decided they could set it anywhere they wanted, literally. And set it in modern day London, which felt like a massive, like your first episode is the statement of intent for where you see the show going. And all he did was based it in London, in one day in London. I thought, well, that's just a massive you know, loss of potential. I mean, okay, I get you had to kind of get the the uh, companions to join, but then you've seen other episodes, like other seasons, other Doctor Who, Ace, for example, was from you know, contemporary UK, 
but she just happened to blast blast herself there by using um by ice nine um explosives completely well, because please do not try blowing yourself up to go through time it does not work but you still had that character and the first episode was actually was pleasure towers i think and it was just like you know, this far future roboticized you know hotel but when this new who was just set in one day london i thought no and there's so much good stuff at the moment i just it just felt a massive loss of potential so i just didn't bother with it ever since and then no friends i said always oh, got much better that, since then but it's not grabbing sorry JJ. yeah i think i think that was more that was very much a um, a mandate of the bbc um because bringing back doctor who there was so much red tape there was so much that ross t davies was sort of having to bow down to because in the original plans there was no Daleks because um, was it Terry Nation? Um, he's uh, he's a state does not want Daleks to be involved originally. Um, there was no alien worlds at all in the first series because they wanted to set the tone before they decided to venture further on. Because you know, for a sci-fi show all about time and space, sticking around one planet was obviously the smartest idea. Um, and then with that, they were told they could only have so many of the classic Doctor Who monsters in their first series. They were allowed to have, I believe they said they could have two. That was it. And obviously the Daleks was the one that they pushed for the most. And then the other one, which appeared in the very first episode, they had the Autons. And... You know, that was pretty much it. And that, I think there were some other stipulations as well. They had to have they had to have no um no classic companions because they said they didn't want to start tying into the previous series until it obviously got established. And I feel that I feel that, that that what they had to work with, yes, it there was a lot of constraints. There was a lot of things that really went against it. But from that point, series two onwards, they started going to Alien Worlds. They brought back Sarah Jane Smith and K9, which was fantastic to see on the screen. Um, they started building up the um, like all the themes that would go forward, not just for one series, but would go forward for a great number of years. And, you know, Dot 2 became exciting again. The problem now is the BBC mandate sort of took over again. Going into Chibnall's era, they basically, same thing to him, they basically said to him, look, you can have the reins, but because you're not a Stephen Moffat or a Russell T Davies, we're going to give you some boundaries. And even though it said that the first series, like his first full series, he said, oh, yeah, we chose not to have any classic monsters. That is not true at all. That was a BBC mandate again, from what I've heard. So they basically... We're trying to go, well, look, we can further this franchise without relying on Daleks and Cybermen. We don't have to bring back the Master. You know, we've got our central character. You've got your blue box TARDIS. What else do you need? And this is why I think Doctor Who has really suffered again. And I think this is why they brought back Russell T. Davis. So gone, oh, we fucked up. Yep, we need to now get this ship going back again because Doctor Who does so well for the BBC, does so well you know because it is a flagship show it goes to millions of people around the world 
they need to, yeah, I think they need to reclaim a lot of ground that's been lost. So, fingers crossed. I mean, it has to. You have to say it is a big success story for them. Considering when, when, when the uh, Eccleston's, uh, when would, when did that come out? Early two thousands, two thousand five, two thousand five. Yeah. So, you know, so what? Seventeen years. Joe, I do remember the date. Yeah, twenty sixth of March two thousand and five was the date of the first episode. Yeah, so, oh, so the revived era, obviously. Yeah, so seventeen years after how well, you know, a, a break of what? How many years? About twenty years. Yeah. Uh, Sixteen. Nineteen eighty nine was the last episode. Yeah, yeah. Nineteen ninety six was the Paul McGann movie, and then two thousand and five was the first series of the revived era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you write pub quizzes, you learn this shit <laughs> <laughs> that's Pop, it qu- quizzes yeah um and that actually that segue that takes us nicely into our um our new <laughs> our new section of uh of the pot uh, of the podcast um for all of you who are new uh to this um basically uh we've ripped off a wrestling podcast inspired by inspired, <laughs> inspired by. by uh they 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 comment on our tiktoks and stuff so they know that i've uh, inspired been inspired by them um <laughs> It's straight, straight, uh, straight shoot uh, podcast, which is like a wrestling podcast. Uh, might see if I can try and get them on here. Actually, it might you know it might be a laugh, but uh, uh, yeah. So uh, basically, what happens is uh, instead of it being a wrestling based one, it's going to be a geek franchise based guessing sort of game. Uh, you've basically got to tell the person uh, what franchise it is. So Star Wars, Marvel, uh, the expanses generally where Pete goes to, uh, Doctor Who, whatever. And then we have got 60 seconds to guess, ask questions to guess the person. And then at the end, we've got one more question we can ask and then a guess. And then that is it. So, um, I will go first with my one. And then uh, we will move on to you gentlemen. I might even throw in a fourth one just so I have some TikTok material. Um, but um, <laughs> let's do this. So stopwatch. Right. Okay. It's Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars is 60 seconds. Go. Male or female? Okay. Um, male. Human? No. Alien? Yes. Okay, uh, Alvin Gordon's Galaxy. Star Wars. Oh. <laughs> oh, Pete. Oh, oh Pete. Uh, do, they appear, do they appear in the original trilogy? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. Um, are they Return of the Jedi? They're in the they, first Star Wars film. They're not in the first Star Wars film. They are in Return of the Jedi. Okay, are they um, Rebels? No. Oh, okay. Are they? Are they? Um, Did they appear in Empire Strikes Back? Um, are they in Empire Strikes Back? No, they're not. All right, that's my guess. Okay. Um, okay. Last. Okay. Last question. Wait, wait, wait. So, last question, and then a guess. Are the Imperials? No. Is the character you're thinking of short? No. 
bollocks that's oh. my guest gone again um, is it Jabba the Hutt? no but I'll give you a clue he is close to Jabba the Hutt Twi'lek. Is it a Twi'lek? It's um. He oh, is. Oh. Te- he is a Twi'lek. I can't think of his name. His name's, his name's gone out of my head. His name's gone out of my head. Oh. You know who I'm talking about. Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna. I was thinking Biz. It's not. It's not Biz. Oh, yeah, man. Bib Fortuna. He was in. Oh, Ma- he was also he in um, Belba Book of Boba Fett as well, yeah. briefly. Uh, or no, Mandalorian. No, he was in uh, Mandalorian. Yeah, Mandalorian. The uh, he was in the Mandalorian. Um, but yeah, so Bib Fortuna is is basically uh, right hand Twi'lek. Yes, I mean, there you go. There you go. Was, Not in Guardians of the Galaxy, one. Pete. That was good. <laughs> you, <laughs> you never had, know. Is he in Gar- <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy? No, <laughs> owned by the same Disney owns both of them. Just saying, there's going to be a crossover soon. Right, okay, so that's that one. There you go. Uh, we had um, some guesses <laughs> by Mr. Wilson uh, Guido. It would have been quite a good one, actually. Right, so, uh, Pete, um, oh. what, what what franchise are we going for? Well, I was going to do Star Wars, and then you went and did Star Wars. You so can do that's... Star Wars again if you want. That's up to you. Uh, no, that, that's, that's too much. I'm going to go with Aliens. Okay, so, Aliens... 60 Ooh. seconds. Go. Okay. Uh, Marine Corps. Fun? Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, is in the Marine, are they in the Marine Corps? No. Male or female? Male. Uh, part of the Whaling Corporation? No. Ma- male? Not, not. Are they in the first alien? Yes. Is Are they, a, are they the captain? Of the ship, they are. Oh, what's his name? Oh, what's his what's his name? See, this is the problem. Now you get so far, you got to remember him there. Ah, oh, what's oh, his name? God. I only watched this a little while ago. Well. He's got a, he's got a beard. Oh God! Ah, oh, I hate this game. Oh, I'm gonna have to Google it. Oh, oh. I can't remember. I'm so I hate myself as well. Dallas, Alien's one of my favourite. Dallas, Dallas, Dallas. That's it. Nostromo. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. There you go. Nice that one. That first Alien film is one of my favourite films of all time, yeah. and I can't believe his name went out of my mind. I yeah. realised my error when I said aliens because everyone immediately just focuses on the aliens film rather than yeah. looking at the entire aliens franchise. Um, which okay. could which could which could also potentially include predator as well if you want to include AVP. Yeah, that's true. That's there, there, yeah, that's there, see, there's loads of so there's loads of stuff you could do for these. You know, yeah. there's, there's an endless amount of characters you could have. Okay, John Joe, what's your franchise? What are you going for? All right, um, I did have one in mind, but I changed my mind at the last second. I'm going to go for a Marvel one. Okay. Right. So Marvel sixty okay, seconds. Go. Okay. Human or alien? Human. Sorry, Matt, what was your one? Um, Party of the Avengers? No. Uh, okay. g- uh, good or evil? Evil. Are they in the films, MCU? They are. 
Yes. Did they have a film of their own? They're not a title character of a film, though. They are. Those are. They're in a film. They're just not a title. A t- are they? Are they a recurring character? Yeah. No, only one appearance from this person. Okay. Or is is this person? So they're not in any other films and any other guys. As another. So no, just this one film. Is this one person? Okay. Oh. Okay. Uh, another good guys. Right. La- no, he's uh, not good. Last Are question, eight, and it's a bad guy. He's a bad Isn't guy. Is it Spider-Man films? Not in the Spider-Man films, no. Okay. <sighs> okay, so Marvel, bad guy, has he's yeah. in one, he's a bad guy yeah. in one film. Yeah. And that's it. Um, yeah. Is it Captain America films? You've had your question, Peach. Not in the Captain America oh. films. Uh, okay, we're we're going we're to cheat slightly and go for the comments here on Facebook. Alistair says, "Is he an Iron Man too?" <laughs> no, 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 okay, so my question then is: Is he in? Um, is he in? Uh, Thor. Is he in one of the four Thor films? No. He's not in any of the four, four, four I, films. I, I'm going to go for a character who's only been in it once. It's going to be... Um, Killmonger. No? No, I'm afraid that's wrong. No. Pete, what's your guess? Pete, okay, you didn't I'll... have a... Yes. No more questions. You can't have any more oh. questions. You've got to... The time's okay, up. Obadiah Stane. Really? He's got it. He's got it. <laughs> oh, my God. Obadiah wow. Stein. Where'd you get that from? Justin. Oh, you've, you've oh you're asking Pete on that one. Um, oh, no. You, you, sorry. You, we had this sort of thing of you kind of doing this, and there was no talking. <laughs> so he got it right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Nice one. Hold on. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Do you, know, do you know the only reason I thought of that? The only reason I thought of that because I just looked to the side and I could see because I watched it the other day. I've still got my copy of Iron Man One sitting by the TV. I was like, "There we go. That's got to be it then." Yeah. <laughs> oh uh, man. All right. Well done, okay. Pete. Oh, nice good. one. Okay. Right. We need to have one more so I can have four, maybe four videos to stick on TikTok and stuff like that. So I'll try and think of. Uh, another I've got one. one. Okay. I've yeah. got one. Okay. Go on then, Pete. You got another one. Star Wars. Okay. Okay. So, reset. So, Star Wars again. Sixty seconds. Go. Um, original Are they trilogy. The original trilogy. Yeah. Yes, original trilogy. Uh, Empire Strikes Back. All right. Yes. Uh, uh, New Hope. Uh, nope. Uh, uh, Return of the Jedi. Yes. So he's an Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Is he a bounty hunter? Is this person a villain? Mm, uh, <laughs> awkward question right so he's an empire strikes back and is, is he lando calrissian yes he is yes he is and alistair oh. got it as well in the comments too lando calrissian 38 seconds bitches yeah. well i was hoping he's asking is he well, no he's not is he rebel no, equally not <laughs> 
Right, there he you go. Goes where he needs to go. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Wow. Boom. Winner. We got some good... Pull those ones out of Hates the bag. Hates today's champion. <laughs> yeah, he is. He really is. Very good. And that bangs us on to was, one hour and 30 minutes nearly exactly, which is very good timing for Great. that. So, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, gentlemen, it has been a pleasure. I'm still ashamed of myself that I didn't watch the end credits scene to Midnight. But I'm kind of glad because we've got that little moment where Matt is completely like, oh my God. So yeah, all right. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I will be watching the I North... I hope you've learned a lesson then, Matt, as well. What's that lesson? Watch the end credits. Don't ever go... A Marvel fan never leaves before the credits. I know this role. though. I know this. But the thing is, like, I I have tutted. I have tutted at people. I've been that guy who people have got up out of a, a Marvel film to walk out, and I've gone, "What are you doing? Call yourselves a Marvel fan? <laughs> You're leaving before the end of a movie." <laughs> and it's just sort of like, and I've gone and done but it. Saying that though, on on Friday night when I was out with my mate. Um, she was like, just as soon as the um, Doctor Strange had come to an end, she was like, oh, she was like, oh, have we got now city? I said, look, have I not taught you anything? You do not get up. Until that screen goes off, you stay where you are. You do not move. And, um, and she has actually started appreciating that I do call her now my Padawan. <laughs> Even though it's completely different to Marvel, it, the, term, the term is sticking. But um, yeah, I had to say, you know, look, I said, you're going to sit down for the next 10 minutes. You're going to enjoy a mid-credit and an end-credit scene. I said, we're going to take these in, and I'm going to quiz you on it later. <laughs> that's what I do now. <laughs> so I've got a Monday, uh, me and my friend are going to watch The Northman, uh, which is completely going on the radar, but it's got loads of really good reviews. So yeah, I've heard forward. good things about that. Yeah, I've heard really I've good heard things. I've heard some good stuff about it. Yeah, so I'm going to watch that tomorrow with my mate, yeah. and then Doctor Strange with some other mates on Tuesday. So lots to talk about. Uh, we may, do we have guests next Sunday? Do we have a guest? Not week? yet, but I'll see I'll see what I can find. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll see what, what, what's going on. If we don't have any guests, then we can yabber on about that. Um, but yes, uh, thank you very much, as always, those who've been watching. And Mr. Wilson, as always, I appreciate all the, the interactions. It's much appreciated. Uh, for myself, I have been Matt Geary. And with me tonight, we've had Peter Ray Allison. Good night, everyone. And John Joe Cosgrove. Take care, people. Have a... Uh... Have a good weekend, what's left of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. Night! <laughs> Night!